0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I am joined by my co-host and sister, Claire. Hello. We will be discussing underage drinking and its implications on development and society today. So, to start off, let's begin with alcohol's implications on people at the individual level. We're talking about development. So, I'm going to start with an article written by Silvery, who published... Um, through the U.S. National Library of Medicine and National Institute of Health. Um, For short, that is the NIAA. So she found that underage alcohol consumption can lead to reduced sensitivity to alcohol sedation um, and increased sensitivity to alcohol-related disruptions in memory. Um, So in other words, kids are more susceptible to blackouts. Um in addition, kids who start drinking alcohol at a young age are more susceptible to future alcohol related disorders, and um alcohol at the drinking alcohol at this age is bound to have an effect on their developing brain structure and its function, um, as well as emerging comorbid psychiatric conditions that may not have. Uh, risen if they hadn't engaged in alcohol or underage alcohol use.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of negative effects. Um, so what age are we talking about here? Like, is, is 21 really the magic number? Or is it in the, the younger population that it's more of a problem, or even older than 25? You know, what What age Mm -hmm. does this become a problem, really?
0: So it's interesting you say that. I don't think there is truly a magic number. Um, Like, according to the Juvenile Justice Bulletin, which is a government site, they claim that the human brain continues to develop until a person is around age 25, especially in, like, executive Mm -hmm. functioning, um, which is majorly implicated uh, with alcohol use, and it's part of the reason why underage drinking is heavily uh engaged in at these ages because we aren't um developed fully so we're more prone to making irresponsible decisions um and whatnot and that is one of the main reasons that binge drinking is more common in these like college age groups Mm -hmm. right so talking about risk factors especially when it comes to underage drinking um, as I said earlier, people who engage in underage drinking are more likely to develop an alcohol disorder later in life. But also, kids who have anxiety or depression or antisocial tendencies are especially at risk um, for developing alcoholism. Um, yes, yeah, so you mentioned that before that there were some some comorbid
1: psychiatric conditions. So mm-hmm. is that what you were referring to, the the depression and anxiety? That yeah,
0: I think or that we... might be... Here, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. maybe those disorders will make certain groups more um, apt to engage in alcohol use, mm-hmm. but also the use of alcohol could prompt those disorders right. to arise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so also here it says... Uh, that youths are less prone to experiencing the negative consequences of alcohol that adults do. So, like, less severe hangovers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that's also another main factor as to why alcoholism is more prevalent when kids start engaging in it younger as opposed to when adults start doing it. Because adults are more prone to those nasty hangovers. Right. Right. So, some societal implications that arise from underage drinking include increased crime. In fact, Sage, a uh, uh, Sage Journal, claims that an estimated fifty percent of crime is alcohol related. So, as you can see, that's a wow. lot of crime <laughs> that could maybe be mitigated if alcohol wasn't so prevalent. Wow. Um, but yeah. So, also, underage alcohol use is linked to Um, more unintentional injuries, uh, assaults, sexual assaults, date rape, and fatalities Mm -hmm. per year. Lots of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, uh, approximately 5,000 young people under the age of 21 die as a result of underage drinking. Wow. Uh, In about 1,900 from motor vehicle crashes. Um, So as you can see, that drinking and driving thing is very real, especially among these Mm -hmm. underage populations. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, while these stats are alarming, I mean, this is what we hear about. Like, this is what we know. And I think thinking about the the topic that we, we had just discussed, like the effects on on the the person itself, you know, this is why the laws are created because of the societal impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's
0: there's just so much negative, so many more negative effects mm-hmm. just besides this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and they're a lot less. They can be very high or hard to um, pinpoint in these studies to directly attribute them to alcohol use. Right. So these numbers could be underestimated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to this, uh, a a journal from Plus One or Plus One, I believe, uh, links so adolescent drinking um, is linked to problem behaviors, including, like I said before, automobile accidents. Drug abuse, engagement in risky sexual activities, and school absentee absenteeism, <laughs> and poor or failing grades. So it really affects the youth. At a, um, I mean, obviously it has a huge impact on like school life and whatnot, mm-hmm. and all that is very important for future growth and opportunity. Yeah. So it's.
1: Yeah. And like you said before too, this is going hand in hand with just these adolescents still developing, you know, mentally
0: and their mm-hmm. brain They're functions exact, are developing. Yeah. So frontal lobe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it is not good. So a question that a lot of people ask is does limiting the availability of alcohol actually have an impact on alcohol use? Like an argument that I often hear is if you make the alcohol available, then will it get a little less like taboo and less exciting? Mm -hmm. And then will these risky behaviors, uh, decrease? Um, but here, according to this Oxford academic, there's growing evidence that alcohol availability is positively associated with underage drinking. Um, so like the easier alcohol is to obtain the more alcohol that it is that is consumed. Um, and is this, is this considering the drinking age as well? I'm assuming. Uh, I believe so. So there's also more evidence down here, which, um, which links. So here's a good point, especially in the U S uh, when there was a shift in minimum drinking age mm-hmm. in like the 1970s and 1980s, they found a lot or a huge decline in traffic fatalities that were linked to um, alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, and this comes from the National Institute of Health by an article written from Weschler and Nelson. Um, But so that kind of shows an indirect decline of possibly alcohol use um, in that one of the adverse effects of drinking and driving Mm decreased so there was less fatalities and also so here in this going back to that one article from the oxford academic their research was actually done in china um, and they found that these youths were going they were more apt to find alcohol um, when it was highly accessible despite you know all the educational interventions and uh, talking about how unhealthy it is for you and whatnot because Mainly because alcohol is such a, you know, social and unifying effect Mm -hmm. among these young groups. And it also contributes to, like, this young identity and whatnot. Right. So it has, like, a very strong appeal. One of the issues here, um, talking about, like, the appeal of underage drinking, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of that is believed to be due to, I mean, obviously it's culturally dependent, right. um, but a lot of it is due to like alcohol advertisements, um, that really portray it as this like glamorized lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, even like shows and movies yeah. or stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, in an article published by JAMA Pediatrics, um, they believe that alcohol advertising contributes to increased drinking among youths. Um, They found a positive correlation with the more um, alcohol advertising and more alcohol use in underage persons. Um, So, this kind of contributes to a public Mm -hmm. debate of whether or not these alcohol industries should be held more accountable when um like putting these ads on TV, you know, you've seen them before. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh a lot of restrictions put on those. So that's like something we could talk about when trying to reduce the um the appeal of underage drinking. Okay, so going back to the Sage journals thing. Um or not thing, but Sage Journal. <laughs> So both at the local and national level um, in the U.S., the predominant strategy for dealing with underage drinking is to delay the age of onset as long as possible. Um, So policy is trying to favor this with, you know, keeping the minimum drinking age at 21. Um, Yeah, so, I mean,
1: I guess that's the real debate, right? Because... You look at here in the u s it used to be eighteen, and I feel like the cool thing to do you know underage drinking, so that would be like the sixteen year olds to the eighteen year olds mm-hmm. and now the drinking age is twenty one so maybe it's like the eighteen to twenty one year olds that are doing underage drinking um so in that sense i I get that right that prolonging the drinking age will kind of also shift that behavior back. that behavior um yeah, but then you think of it also, like, why is there that hype? It's because these these kids, you know, they're almost to the drinking age, and that's the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you get rid of the drinking age, wouldn't that kind of eliminate the
0: the novelty of it, I guess? It's really hard to understand how at first that would be implemented with this, like, lawn... Culture and history of alcohol use especially in the United States mm-hmm. and also I think going back to what I said before I think that might be very culturally dependent and how different parts of the world will respond to that yeah I um, mean
1: you look at Germany and drinking ages. Is- practically non-existent right <laughs> yeah what is it 13 no i, don't I think it's know. 16 it's, it's sixteen, but really is it really 16 i don't know i think they give their babies
0: <laughs> <laughs> um no but i get what you're saying um i think that would be an interesting thing to study um i don't know if how helpful that would be because i do think there's an element of just alcohol having this like innate appeal to it because it is it does like change your experience so much. Yeah. Uh and it's such especially for like I said before, to youths who don't have the capacity to make these decisions and they're still developing. It is mm-hmm. especially attractive when trying to be like successful in these social situations. It brings off the edge and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think right. that there is like especially there is somewhat of an innate uh appeal appeal to it but I think Mm -hmm. in certain areas of the world there's probably um, depending on like cultural uh, influences there's Mm -hmm. more of an appeal and especially going back to like the advertising and everything so yeah but overall I think there's a lot of evidence that shows that um, underage drinking has very adverse effects on the individual and the society around them So, going back to, like, Mm -hmm. their development, their um, reduced opportunity, not doing as well in school. Um, Those are personal effects. Yes, and then societal, societal, like, crime, Mm -hmm. uh, drunk driving, fatalities, and whatnot. So, I think, overall, it is a very good idea to keep the drinking age at 21, especially here in the United States. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So, um, that brings my podcast to a close uh, to go over my sources again, just in case um, they kind of got lost in the discussion. I have the um, NCBI. So that is the National Institute on Alcohol. Or no, sorry, that's the NIAA. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. I have the Oxford Academic um, JAMA Pediatrics, um, Sage Journals, um, PLOS One, and the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Was that my eight? I believe so. Yeah. So that brings my um, podcast to a close. Thank you for listening. So going back over my sources, I see that I forgot one up here, uh, which was the Juvenile Justice Bulletin. And I actually had two sources under the um, National Institute of Health. uh, One under... The researchers Weschler and Nelson and one under um, Silvery so those are my eight sources